is the 438th episode of the Bowtie Chronicles podcast, the podcast from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution that gives you everything you need to know about the Atlanta Falcons. I'm D. Orlando Ledbetter, the Falcons B reporter from the AJC, here at Mercedes-Benz Stadium where the Falcons went down 29-25 on an 11-yard touchdown pass from Baker Mayfield to Kane Auden. With the 31 seconds left in the game, the Falcons had battled back to take the lead with 3.23 to go, but the defense, which had been stout for most of the day, could not stop Baker Mayfield on a 12-play, 75-yard touchdown drive, and now the NFC South is in a total mess. If you're listening to us for the first time, please make sure to follow the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Bowtie Chronicles from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. All right, we're back here at the Bowtie Chronicles podcast, and the Falcons went down 19-10 uh, during a seven-possession scoring drought. Then they decided to, they were able to get moving there, got a couple touchdowns, took a lead took a 25-22 to 22 lead with 3.22 to go, but then could not hold the lead. Here is Coach Arthur Smith on the last drive, the last play, and the offensive drought, which all led to the defeat here today at Mercedes-Benz Stadium. The offense was uh, able to get moving late, but uh, what happened on the uh, last stand for the defense there? Uh, a couple of things. you got to give Tampa credit, you know. Um, made some plays, obviously hit. Hit some uh, plays on the outside or out some outbreakers, and uh, you know, got the got the big first down. They got the chunk yardage, and then obviously the one they got for the go ahead touchdown with the tight end. So, um, you know, we had plenty of opportunities really in all three phases. You know, credit Tampa. Um, you know, obviously be frustrated losing like that. Plenty of opportunities, but you know, we'll get back to work. But on the uh, last play, was that ball supposed to go into the end zone? Well. Yes, but it's also what, you, what you're trying to set up. You know, if they, they sink on it similar, uh, it probably didn't develop the same way, similar to kind of that iron bolt play. If anybody saw that, that's a pretty common in the game. Mm-hmm. You're trying to have a shot, you know, if you got something underneath. But, yeah, I just take a lot of look at it too. But, but that, that was what we were trying to do. And then the other critical error was right before the uh, – you get the safety, you get the ball back, miss the field goal, and then uh, get the ball to start the second half and not able to put a couple things together there to make sure. it we had, take we had control. Sure, we had opportunities, and yeah, we did. And, um, you know, we 
obviously, you know, miss, I believe we missed two field goals. Uh, you know, had decent field position at times. Uh, you know, had our opportunities to sell the same way on defense, you know, and that's, uh, that's the NFL. And like I said, we found a way to get back and, uh, you know, made some plays late. You know, we were able to go ahead and, you know, unfortunately they made, they made one more play than we did. Um, but, yeah, there was plenty of opportunity. Yeah, no doubt. The drought started. They they came out a 16-play drive, then stalled, get a field goal, then the uh, interception on the bubble screen, then they get a um, touchdown. Then after that, they went into a drought. It was missed field goal, safety, missed field goal, then four punts. So that's seven straight drives with absolutely nothing, uh, not moving the ball, not looking good at all. They gotta, you know, you gotta eliminate. It's too late in the season for that. You gotta keep it going, um, string together points. You know, uh, I think the field goals were big misses, but uh, you can't have seven possession droughts and call yourself a playoff team here. So let's hear from quarterback Desmond Ritter on the last play of the game. I mean, yeah, obviously those plays are supposed to go in the end zone. Uh, you don't have any special calls for whatever it was first and. 38, 43, whatever it is. I mean, obviously the ball's got to get in the end zone. We came up two yards short. Um, we'll go back and look at it and see, uh, you know, if there was another guy open or not. Um, but obviously, you know, that's a play that you only rep a couple times throughout the year um, for these, you know, exact circumstances. And obviously they came up. Yeah, no doubt. It was a couple of yards, three yards short, not two. Um, here's Ritter on that scoring drought. They were able to get two touchdown drives in the fourth quarter. Uh, you know, yeah, they were juggling linemen. Uh, you know, two starters didn't play today, Dalman and McGarry. And then uh, Matthews and uh, and uh, Lindstrom went out. Lindstrom came back. Here is Ritter on the scoring drought, fourth quarter TDs, and the linemen. You know, we just got to be better, got to be more consistent. Uh, you know, got to be able to go out there and just get the first place started, get it going. Um, obviously, you know, in that, that safety, we were backed up. Um, I just got to get the ball out of my hands, uh, not sit back there and pat it, um, just throw it away if it's not there. Um, and then, like I said, we just got to be consistent overall um, and just be better. And what was working for you all in the two um, fourth, down, fourth quarter touchdown drives? Yeah, I mean, like I said, we were just moving the ball. Um, O-line was doing a heck of a job up front, uh, one in pass protection, two in, in run. Um, and, yeah, we were just able to keep the ball moving, uh, keep the consistency going, and uh, just keep it moving forward. What do you have to say about the uh, linemen who uh, had to step in and play today? It was a slew of them. Yeah, I mean, they've done a, a heck of a job all year of just being ready and staying ready. Um, obviously, you know, we have a, a great starting five who is normally out there, and uh, we have great backups as well. And, you know, like I said, they've done a great job from whether they were on scout team or whether they were, you know, in and out with the ones throughout camp throughout the season. Uh, they've been prepared and ready for this opportunity, and they took advantage of it. Um, they did a heck of a job out there. Um, so, you know, whether it was Kyle Hinn, whether it was Newsel, whether it was Vrabel, uh, Storm, it doesn't matter who it was. They all did a heck of a job out there. Yeah, no doubt. I got to talk to Jake Matthews outside of the locker room. Um, he was uh, talking to us. He came over, talked to his folks. And uh, I said, I just said, hey, coach said uh, he could have went back in if uh, if he needed to. And uh, he kind of looked at me and I was like, uh, yeah, it got rolled pretty bad. He's looking at his left uh his ankle down there. Uh, we'll just see in the morning when he gets the MRI. So um, we'll see how bad it was. He got his uh, ankle rolled in the game. Here is kicker, Youngway Koo, on his two missed field goals. 
yeah, just reset and going back to the preparation um, and just making, trying to make some adjustments on the sideline. Um, but at the end of the day, I didn't, I didn't hit it great. And uh, I got to, I got to make that um, a cost us today. Um, that's on me and I'm just going to go watch the film and uh, try to uh, get better. So you're taking the loss on your I back. mean, those are, you know, crucial points, right? Those are crucial turnovers. So for me, I'm just going to, you know, go back to the routine and preparation and all that. But those six points, those are crucial uh, swings. So, I mean, guys play their, you know, play their off and uh, feel like I cost one today. So I'm just going to, you know, go back to work. That's all I can do. There he is. Kicker Youngway Koo feels like he cost the team today. Richie Grant is always a gamer. Um, he spoke again. I was able to talk to him today after the game. He was in coverage on the Auden touchdown, uh, much like the McBride play in Arizona. Uh, later on, Jesse Bates didn't like some of the questioning that the, the mob was at, the media group was asking uh, and was yelling over them to not ask, uh, uh, you know, pertinent questions. And, you know, folks got a job to do. They're emotional, but uh, Jesse was probably out of line there. So here's Richie Grant on um, the final play of the game and uh, how the defense played throughout. Um, on the last play, mm -hmm. uh, um, what, uh, is that just a good throw there? I mean, good. I mean, hell yeah, it was a good throw. Uh, uh, I made a good catch, but, you know, it was a 50-50 ball. He came down with it, so um, just, you know, get on credit, you know. They made a good play. Mm -hmm. Y'all, you know, the, uh, what does it say about the Y'all win it all the way. Mm -hmm. uh, a lot of stops and so forth. A lot of, looked like I had a lot of different down packages and stuff up there. Mm -hmm. um, what was the key to slowing them down the rest of the day? Uh, so really, uh, at the end of the day, we play our ball. You know, we're going we gonna to swarm. We're going to be aggressive. But uh, at the end of the day, it's just about playing our ball. Um, coaches do a good job, you know, mixing it up. It, it's not always the same thing, but if we play our ball, I think we got a pretty good chance coming out with W. You know, we didn't get it done today, but we still in it. Everybody ready to move on? It's still a, the division still there for the take and for the go. Absolutely. Everybody's saying, Absolutely. Everything's still right there for us. Uh, this one hurt. You know, we knew what we wanted to do today, but. We didn't get it done, so it definitely hurt. But like I said, we're still in it. All right, Richie Grant, they're still in it. Let's go on to Calais Campbell and F the offensive struggles, uh, you know, kind of starting to take a toll on the defense. Oh, no, not at all. It's a team game, you know, and it's going to take all of us to win. And, uh, you know, I mean, it's football. They're going to make plays. They're going to be putting suggestions. We, we, we prepare for it all, you know. And St. James, you know, uh, you know, line up, I mean, in front of everybody glass, you know. So, uh, you know, it was definitely one of those things where it's like, yo, just keep showing work, keep making plays. We'll have a chance to win at the end. And we did. We got to get it done. All right. Here is uh, Calais Campbell on his message to the team. You know, I think the, the biggest message right now is is that everything we want is still in front of us. You know, we just get back to work. You know, everybody, you know, uh, focus on what you can do to help us win the next game. All right. That's, uh, they want to keep the focus on the team and what they have to do to uh, stay in the race here. Now, Drake London had a mega game, 10 catches for 172 yards. Here is Drake on getting back to the lab. Come out harder than we possibly did this game. Come out harder than we ever did. Um, we could have set, us up, set us, ourselves up pretty, pretty well. Um, 
Yep, he wants to get back in the lab and figure it out. Here is Drake London on the kicker, Young Way Koo. He's a captain for a reason. Um, and we going back to him forever, you know? Um, he's automatic. And I know that when he comes back, he's going to be even hungrier. And I guarantee he won't miss another one. All right, you need a scorecard to keep up with the line changes today. Let's just go over them real quick. Storm Norton had to play right tackle for Caleb McGarry. Uh, Drew Dahlman was named inactive 90 minutes before kickoff. Ryan Nuzzo making his first NFL start at center. And then um, during the course of the game, left tackle Jake Matthews had his knee uh, ankle rolled pretty bad. And Tyler Vrabel, son of Titans coach Mike Vrabel, uh, came in and played left tackle in his first uh, NFL uh, extended play action. And then uh, Chris Lindstrom got hurt, and Kyle Hinton came in. So they finished the first half with a lineup of left tackle, Tyler Vrabel, left guard, Matt Bergeron, center, Ryan Nuzzo, right guard, Kyle Hinton, Kyle Hinton, and then right tackle, you uh, Storm Norton. So again, cross the line there uh, was Vrabo, Bergeron, Nuzo, Hinton, and Storm Norton. That was your Falcons line in the first half. Lindstrom came back in and played. So it was two fifths of the line for most of the day. They generally held up, other than that drought there. But here is what Mer Matt Bergeron had to say to us after the game. Matt Bergeron starting. Left guard for the Atlanta Falcons. Yeah, I mean it was a tough game. You know, obviously we had a lot of opportunities to uh, to win the game. You know, in all three phases. Uh, you know, whether it's special teams, offense, defense, we all had a shot to to win the game. Obviously, we we, we fell short. But uh, you know, the type of players in this locker room, uh, we'll keep working. We'll put our head down and work and try and you know squeeze in again the playoffs. And then uh, uh, the changes. Yeah, I mean, it just shows how, you know, how we work in our room. You know, everybody uh, got a, you know, ready to play mentality. You know, you never know when your name's going to get called. And, you know, it was at one point it was just me and four of the guys. And, you know, we figured, you know, figured a way to, to make it work. So it just shows how, you know, how well coached we are and how, uh, you know, um, how we're uh, communicating well. Uh, and then, uh, you know, uh, we started working for you on the fourth quarter. You got a couple touchdowns to take the lead. I mean, you know, we're, we're a team, you know, we consider ourselves in shape, you know, the way we work at practice, uh, the way we work, you know, in the day in and day out, you know, we're, we're going to, you know, play our best football in the fourth quarter. So uh, that, that's just the mentality of our team. We're never going to give up. You know, it's also mentality uh, to just never give up and just keep pushing, whether, you know, you're down 15 or down three, you know, we're, we're always going to try and squeeze in. All right, we're going to take a break here at the Bowtie Chronicles podcast. We've heard from Coach Arthur Smith, quarterback Desmond Ritter, kicker Youngway Koo, safety Richie Grant, defensive end Calais Campbell, wide receiver Drake London, and left guard Matt Bergeron. This is the Bowtie Chronicles from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. In Atlanta, one voice has stood out for over four decades. An AJC original, The Monica Pearson Show. Let's talk about how you got to ESPN. Revealing interviews. You are known as America's doctor, but I want to know who you were before that. When you have a different name, you have different color skin, it can be tough. With Atlanta's most famous faces as you've never seen them before. I'm telling my story. This is the American dream. The Monica Pearson Show, streaming now on AJC.com. All right, we're back here, episode 438, the Bowtie Chronicles podcast. Falcons are tied for first place with Tampa Bay and New Orleans at 6-7. and seven. Just want you to know that the Atlanta Journal-Constitution has a special offer for our podcast listeners. If you subscribe today, you can get three months of unlimited digital access for just 99 cents. That's all of our sports coverage, politics, breaking news, investigations, food and dining, and so much more on AJC.com. Plus, you get access to our e-paper and our assortment of newsletters. So join our community by going to subscribe.ajc.com backslash podcast. That's subscribe.ajc.com backslash podcast. So you always know what's really going on. All right. We're going to uh, wrap up here with some notes, um, break down the NFC South for you. And we had mailbag questions today. We had about 50 responses on our Twitter. Uh, check in on the fans and how they were doing. Um, so I'm going to, I want to go to the sidebar I just finished on uh, NFC South because it's got the breakdown in there. So let's start with that. So everybody's six and seven, and uh, everybody's got four games to go. And the Saints, Saints beat the Panthers today. That's why they are six and seven. Now over the uh, remaining four games, the uh, Falcons have the easiest schedule. Their teams are 19 and 33. Uh, they will play at Carolina, one and twelve. Host the Colts, seven and six. Play at the Bears, five and eight. We close out on the road at New Orleans, six and seven. The Bears might be problematic as they beat the Giants today, and the Lions drilled the Falcons twenty to six earlier in the season. Okay, now um, Tampa Bay is uh, teams are twenty one and thirty one. I got that at four oh three. They travel to Green Bay, but they have two of their final three games at home. They host Jacksonville and the Saints, and they close out at the Panthers. So like they looks like that. It looks like two and two to me. So that would make them eight and nine, the three-time defending champs. So you need to get to nine some kind of way. So the Falcons need to go three and one. All right, let's look at the Saints. Okay, because Tampa uh, Tampa Bay's in first, his head to head is tied. Then you have um, 
Common opponents, they have a five and four record there to three and three to the Falcons. And then the conference record, the Bucks are five and four and the Falcons are uh, four and five. So we have all that in the story. I'm just going off the top of my head on that part of it. But here, um, the Saints looking at them for 31, uh, 22, 29 uh, is the record of their remaining opponents. They host the Giants, who play on Monday night against the Packers. And then they play at the Los Angeles Rams, who are 6-7. and seven. Then at Tampa Bay, 6-7. and seven. Then at the Falcons, 6-7. and seven. So for them, that's 1-3. We could say that's 1-3. That would make them 7-10 and 10 and out of the playoffs. So the Falcons need to get to 9. So to get to nine, they got to win three. And, of course, that means you can't stumble at Carolina next week. I don't care what you do. If you do that, you're pretty much over um, for the season. And then uh, it's a long, long, long off season for you. But, yeah, we need to break down the NFC South. For the uh, Falcons, of course, won that opener 24-10 to against the Panthers. They have the easiest path. But we know, as we've seen this season, you know, they like to make things tougher than they need to be, uh, like today when they could have blown this team out for the second time. They let them hung, hang around. Then they got a 31-yard screen to get a 19-10 uh, lead, and then they had to scramble back. They scrambled back, took the lead, and then couldn't hold it. So, you know, when you see the good teams go out there, they go and put their foot down and, and pull away from people. And um, don't uh, let one score, don't let it turn into a one score, uh, do or die situation. So that's our wrap up of the NFC South. Let's look at some of the game notes and we'll hear from uh, some of the mailbag fans to wrap it up. We'll try to keep it classy there. Uh, We saw the fans here booing tonight for Desmond Ritter, but uh, he flipped them with those two touchdown drives and the score. To take the lead, uh, the fans started cheering at that point. Uh, so we'll, we'll see how that goes forward. But here are the game notes. The Falcons have 434 yards, uh, total net yards of offense. Uh, Mark Atlanta's fifth game this season with more than 400 yards of total offense. Tied for the third best in the NFL behind Miami, San Francisco, each with six games. Okay, that's that's a good stat, and um, that's good for yards, but not good when you're not getting points. So, uh, and I mean, you know, just ask yourself: Do you think of um, you think offense in the NFL? You think of Tyreek in Miami, McCaffrey in San Francisco, and then the next thought is the Falcons. Uh, but hey, they got to score; they're getting the yards. So. Um, at the early at the break between the one o'clock and four o'clock games, Atlanta was the only NFL team to score a twenty-yard touchdown, twenty-plus air yards in each of the last three games. Another uh, bunch of stat, yeah, another stat that doesn't uh, parlay to winning. Falcons defense limit Tampa Bay to six of sixteen on third down. That's a winning stat. Uh, they didn't win on that third and ten on the forty-eight. When Chris Godwin pulled away from D. Offer and got the 31 yarder to keep that last ditch drive on time. 
so that was the big third down they missed. So they the defense is holding opposing offenses to 33.5% on third down this season, to second in the NFL behind Cleveland at 29%. Cleveland had a big win today, beating the Jacksonville Jaguars. All right, Reader, um, 26 of 40 for uh, 345, 47 yards, a touchdown, and an interception. Um, the Bucks dropped a couple of interceptions. Another one was nullified by a penalty. So he had a 90.3 rating. He also had 15 rushes on the ground on four carries and one rushing touchdown. Right, uh, Bijan Robinson had 88 yards from scrimmage, 55 receiving, 34 rushing. And, um, you know, a lot of people have a question on hey, what they were running the ball, they ran against the Saints, they ran against the Jets, and today they decided to throw it 40 times. That was, I think, because the line play and he felt um, they couldn't move the books, so apparently. Uh, he thought this is a chance to throw it around the park. Didn't look good uh, a lot of times, but they got a lot of yards. Okay. Uh, did Bijan. Okay. Drake London, career high in uh, receptions and yards, 10-172. All right. Um, he became the first Falcon since Julio Jones. Have more than 170 yards in a game. Julio did that in week three of 2018. We had 173. He also became the first Falcon since Russell, Russell Gage to have at least 10 catches in a game. That was uh, 11 in week 13 of 2021 for Gage. Pitts had three receptions for 57 yards and one touchdown. It's his second of the season and fifth of his career, 36-yard touchdown on an out-and-up pattern. That was pretty sweet. He was wide open. Uh, Johnny Smith had four for 27. He now has a career-high 460 yards and also marked seventh game this season with at least four catches. All right, on the defensive side of the ball, Caden Ellis led the way. He had uh, 10 tackles. Jesse Bates finished with nine, one tackle for loss. And on a 31-yard screen, Jesse took an inside angle, took an angle, came steaming up, and uh, uh, White read it, broke it inside, and there was plenty of room. He took it to the house for 31 yards. So even the great Jesse Bates can miss a, take a bad angle to the ball from time to time. So in his first career start, Andre Smith had eight tackles, one forced fumble. His first of the season, there was controversy late. It looked like he had the ball out. Coach Smith called a timeout to give him time to look at it. He couldn't throw the flag with under two minutes. Um, they didn't look at it. It was, uh, you know, officiating hasn't gone away, but, you know, you got to be good enough to beat the team and the officials in some regards. Clark. Phillips started. He played left cornerback with Jeff Okuda out, and Clark did a good job. He had a career-high five tackles. Uh, did get called for a late penalty that was costly on the last drive, uh, and he had two passes defense in his first career start. 
Now, this could be a big loss here. Catavia uh, Street left the game with a shoulder injury. Uh, he had three tackles, one for loss, quarterback hit, one sack. You know, he with a shoulder, that's probably a pick, and he's probably done for the season. But we'll wait here on that. Or maybe it's just a sore shoulder. Uh, but, yeah, you know, when you hear shoulder, you start thinking torn pick. And he was in pain, so we'll see. Also, for the record books, Young Way Koo passed Mick Luckhurst. 558 uh, points for third most points in team history with 563. Uh, also, historically, the team did honor the 98 team at the end of the first quarter. I missed that. We were wrapping up uh, doing game stuff here. But uh sure the guys were happy to be out there and to be celebrated and to be seen. Now, let's go to Twitter for our check-in with you all. And uh, it says, so, Falcon fans, how are you all dealing with the loss to the Bucks? Okay, we're going to try to keep it classy. We got an Eddie Murphy gift. Flabbergasted falconing football at its finest. Okay, we got to fire this guy. Uh, you know, we're not. Another game we gave away, SMH from Ricky N, Ricky Nance. This of of season, we need to address this offseason. Okay, I'm going to read it. Not like how it's written, but I know what he's saying. We need to address QB, and we have multiple options, just not Ritter. Then I will give Arthur one more year, but I'm 50-50 on that. Okay, how many games have they lost this year, allowing the other team to score TD on the final drive? Seems like this has been regularly happening for 40 years. Okay, we made mistakes. We still in it on to week 15. That's Ashley. It's going to take perseverance. I still ride or die with my team. This is what they do. They are still in the playoff hunt, and they can get a higher draft position. Either way is fine with me because I never expected to start winning until next season. All right, here's Tony. Tony uh, Bagnulo. He was at the biz. Saw it live at the biz. It's even uglier in person. Oh, my gosh. Well, yeah, my eyes were hurting, too, during that uh, seventh. Uh, possession drought. I turned to my partner, Ken Zagura, the columnist who's writing on this, and you know, y'all can see him online. I was like, Ken, my eyes hurt. <laughs> and uh, he said, yeah, you sports writer of the year, you deserve better from uh, from your team. But hey, uh, they cleaned it up and uh, got it going there a little bit late. We saw some, some uh, semblance of pro football along the way today. Here is Nate, nasty Nate. Get Koo and Grant off my team, bro. Okay. The best kicker you had in a long time. Miss a couple and you want to run him out of town. Okay. All right. Storm fan 40. It doesn't hurt anymore. I'm completely numb to the pain at this point. All right. We'll finish up with two more here. Uh, Brandon Bergerath. I love some of these Twitter names. I think we still win the division. Okay, he's a believer. All right, and the last one, 
If we had an actual OC, I would be more bothered. Maybe we should get a real OC. All right, let's talk about that. I don't think, um, I mean, the coach is an OC, and he's got his buddy Dave uh, going to, you know, bounce thing off, things off of. What they do need, in my humble opinion, is a passing game coordinator. Passing game is not fluid. I mean, yeah, they had 347 yards a day, but, you know, there was some jump balls. He was throwing up to Drake London. The 45-yarder was a jump ball. Uh, Drake just went up, former basketball player, just went up and got him a rebound. Uh, and then the heave at the end, that uh, you know, just the Hail Mary heave, so. But the um, you know passing game, the quick game stuff, uh, the the um, handoffs to Bijan, Bijan account as pass plays, you know, pad the yards and stuff. But yeah, passing game coordinator go with the rushing attack. It definitely um, needs some revamping of the offensive staff, uh, and you know, a quarterback coach to you know help Ritter. You know, they let Charles London go to Tennessee and then replace him with a quarterback coach. Uh, Dave Ragon is doing a lot of that work too. But I mean, if you have another mind that's over there that could handle the quarterbacking, uh, and then you got your offensive coordinator to help him with the planning more towards game stuff, uh, you know, maybe uh, that's a way to move forward. You got a couple options on staff TJ Yates, Matt Shaw. But hey, this is offseason talk. We'll get to that. On, um, but I definitely believe they need a passing game coordinator and perhaps a quarterback coach too. Moving forward, but four games to go here. Everybody's tied, uh, six and seven, uh, and uh, it's on now. Buccaneers kid, they won the last three with Tom Brady down there. Now they're trying to win four with Baker Mayfield, and it's all set. They just got to go to Green Bay and beat Jacksonville. That'll probably wrap the whole thing up. Because uh, of the, uh, the two games they closed with, uh, Saints and Panthers. Uh, Falcons got to beat. They can't slip up against the Panthers. Got to beat the Colts and the Bears. And then, uh, you know, go down and stomp the Saints out. And you, you're, in the, you're in the playoffs and you got division champs. Uh, Saints, um, they're probably the one that's dead in the water. But uh, they uh, they showed signs of life by beating Carolina today, 28-6. to so, hey, with that, we're going to go ahead and get out of here for the Bowtie Chronicles podcast. We'll be back on Wednesday. Try to assess that mess that's going on up in Charlotte with the Carolina Panthers and, um, you know, see, uh, you know, what they're trying to do. We do know Thomas Brown's up there. We might try to effort him, see if he's available to come on and help us uh, uh, explain what's going on up there in Charlotte. With that, we're going to ask you to take care and have a great uh, rest of your week. The AJC's trusted veteran political voices, Greg Bluestein, Patricia Murphy, Tia Mitchell, and Bill Nygut are the essential source for Georgia politics. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution's Politically Georgia. Sign up for the newsletter, download the podcast, subscribe to the AJC. Hip-hop is a product of black people. It's a product of black song. The celebration. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution presents. Hip-hop's most pulled elements are pulled from the South. A Southern hip-hop store. We always go back to that moment of the Source Awards. 
Everybody wants your rhythm, but they don't want your blues. The biggest names in hip-hop. Atlanta is still the mecca for hip-hop. 50 years. No one can deny. One film. The power of the South now. The South got something to say. Streaming now at AJC.com slash hip-hop.